Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. Today is December 5th, 2021, and I am Ann Ortley. I'm broadcasting today from my new apartment overlooking Boca Ciega Bay, St. Petersburg, Florida. I'm down here for the winter, and this is my first podcast. I'm actually broadcasting from the dining room uh, table because the desk hasn't been delivered by the movers yet, but it's on its way. And uh, we are settling in. Remo and I had a successful flight down here. I gave him some drugs from the doctor, from the vet, and he howled, as one would expect, an Aries cat with a Scorpio moon, too, when the drugs hit in. Uh, But when we got to the TSA checkpoint and I took him out of the little crate, he was really very docile, didn't run for the (laughs) – I was very nervous he was going to take up for the ceiling dials. And he was totally cuddly and not moving, you know, definitely drugged. Uh, And then back in on the plane, uneventful. Went and picked up the new car at the dealer with my cousin Susan. Came here and opened the crate up, and he hopped out. Spent about a half an hour with his tail down, trying to figure out where he was. And then it was tail up, Aries, uh, Sun, Scorpio, Moon, my new house. Um, We've had some excitement when the ice maker dropped some ice and when the washer went on, because those are sounds he's never heard before, but he is settling in and I am settling in, and we're getting things uh, set up. So earlier today I tried to do the podcast and the audio was kind of bad, so we're trying again. Hopefully this is a better version. We are in eclipse season. We still have two more weeks of eclipses, so we're moving forward. We had Bob Doyle, Dole die this morning. Uh, former um, congressman, senator, World War II veteran, uh, ran for the president. Um, And also, uh, you know, a lot of changes. Uh, The Neptune station last week, uh, it had gone retrograde July 26th when Chris Cuomo got into a little trouble for his reporting and helping his brother with the sex scandal in New York State. And then, of course, Neptune went direct and he got fired because uh, it was back to the July 26th. So we are seeing lots of people leave. Brian Williams leaving CNN, Brian Williams in Canada, leaving, retiring after 50 years. Uh, lots and lots of changes. So there's a real shift in the air. We're moving forward with new adventures, new directions. The eclipse that we had yesterday on the 4th is very, very powerful. I recorded a webinar on Wednesday. It's available for you to buy And I would really, really encourage everybody in the listening audience to do a ritual on this new moon eclipse. It's a very powerful eclipse. The sun and the moon and Mercury are all hanging out. Uh, Mercury's in mutual reception with Jupiter. um, So they're able to uh, change spots and shift and become uh, each other's best buddies. So Jupiter can turn into Sag and Mercury can turn into Aquarius, which is his sign of exaltation. There also is in that solar eclipse chart a minor thing called a minor grand trine. And a minor grand trine, we know what a grand trine is, is all the planets are in the same element and they all flow with each other. A minor grand trine is two planets in a trine, in this case Mars and Scorpio and Neptune just turning direct in Pisces. They're trining each other. And then they both sextile a third planet, in this case two planets, They both sextile the Venus out of bounds in Capricorn and Pluto in Capricorn. So kind of imagine Mars and Scorpio sextiling Venus and Pluto, right? So those are working aspects. 
And Mars, of course, working with Pluto is very powerful. Mars working with his best buddy Venus, very powerful. And then Neptune also sextiling them uh, and them kind of hanging out in this giant flowing watery, earthy mix that's very, very creative. We know Venus is out of bounds, so she has kind of superpowers right now because she's out of bounds in Capricorn. And this week, she meets up for her first of three conjunctions with Pluto that she's going to have between now and March 6th. So the first one happens this week on December 11th, but more importantly, that new moon energy contains this really juicy creative aspect with Mars in his favorite sign and uh, Neptune in his favorite sign and Venus out of bounds hanging out with Pluto, who also is pretty powerful because he's got Neptune and Mars talking to him. So there's a lot of really strong energy. Some people reported last week feeling a little overwhelmed by the energy of feeling and emotion kind of swamping when Neptune shifted direction Wednesday and like a flood of energy, a flood of feeling, a flood of ideas even. And that's also part of the energy of the sky right now because Neptune is part of this minor grand trine and it is also shifting directions. So we know when it shifts, we feel it for five days. So Wednesday it shifted, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, right? So we're we're in the shift of forward motion, kind of like the tide changing. And there's a lot of invitations for people to change. Now, up until last week, you know, was maybe forced departures. Uh, you know, we lost Stephen Sondheim. We lost, you know, we've been losing a lot of people whose time is done. They've finished their job. They're ready to roll. They're shifting off into new places. Um, the changes are upon us. The other part of it is is making them clean changes. And so I remember back when I was a kid in 1968, a long, long time ago. Some of you weren't even born then. Uh, my Uncle Carl, who was my grandfather's younger brother, my mother loved Uncle Carl. When he came to visit, she always would get really excited because Uncle Carl was like the cool uncle. Uncle Carl was a widower, and he had, he had, he had started working down in the New York City area, and he was dating Florence. And Florence was this very, very elegant woman. She was the secretary to a CEO of a Fortune 50 company. And I, I was one of the, um, uh, one of the uh, consumer products, like Colgate-Palmolive or one of those kind of people. So anyway, Anne Florence worked for the CEO. And she and Carl were dating after his wife died. And he had two kids up in Massachusetts. Um, and they were dating, and he would... He would buy the food. She would cook it. You know, they would go out dancing. They lived in separate apartments, but they were dating. It was, you know, a pretty serious relationship there. And one day he said to her, you know, I'm getting ready to retire, and I'm going to retire, and I'm going to go move back up to Massachusetts to be near my kids, and, you know, we'll keep dating. And Florence looked at him and said, no, <laughs> we're not going to keep dating. You're moving back to Massachusetts. That marks the end of the relationship. It'll peter out, peter out over time, slow but steady, drip, 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 whiff, depart. No, you retire, you move back to Massachusetts, we break up. That's the deal. I'm not, I'm not dating. I'm not, I don't do long distance. Carl went, huh, all right. A couple days passed. He said, hey, Florence, how about if we both get married and retire and move to Florida? And Florence said, I could do that. And they did get married and retire 
and moved to Florida. Uh, clean endings, clean endings. Florence looked at that deal and said, not a good deal for me. Clean ending. And then Carl gave her a better deal. And she said, okay, I'll take that deal. You want to kind of watch this week because you're going to be offered a deal. You're going to be offered an opportunity. You're going to be asked, you know, what your value is. Venus in Capricorn, out of bounds, wants to know her value. She knows her value. She wants you to appreciate her value. She wants you to understand, hey, I'm, I'm worth it. And if you don't see it, then fine. You know, I don't have to play with you. You don't have to play with me. But if you see it, then we can figure out something and move ahead. That's the energy of this week. It's a new moon energy. It's very fertile. It's very productive. It involves a negotiation of value worth and expanding what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go, what you're going to be next. And remember, we still have that third of three Uranus-Saturn squares coming in December, which is the last adjusting energy. And so this next couple weeks, the fixed signs all make plans for their next chapter. Um, and that square on December 24th says, okay, off to the races. And at that point, everything shifts. Now, we still have Venus doing a retrograde journey. She's meeting up with the sun at 18 Capricorn on January 9th. And she's in what we call an inferior conjunction. I like to call it interior because she's traveling between the sun and earth. And so because she's kind of snuggled between the two of them and she's retrograde, she's really reviewing and thinking about things and coming up with new ways of imagining, working, looking, understanding. And she has three conjunctions with Pluto, the first of which is this week, as she slows down to get going retrograde. But more importantly, she's got two more, (laughs) and she is going to have one after she goes retrograde, and then she's going to have another once she goes direct again. So it's an interesting time for Venus to be talking, you know, her value, her worth, and understanding when she meets up with Pluto, what does she want to create with him? And more importantly, this minor grand trine that's part of this eclipse energy is a a new beginning. Now, this eclipse happens to be the last aspect, the last lunation in the Gemini Sag pantheon for 19 years. So for the last year and a half, we've had uh, the nodes going through Gemini Sag. They're going to shift. North node's going to go into Taurus. What are you building? What are you growing? Where are you going? South node's going to go into Scorpio. What are you releasing? What are you transforming? What are you permutating? What are you... Uh, processing, what are you composting, how are we releasing. So they're going to shift in the next couple weeks, and the energy is shifting. So this last little hurrah with Venus and the, with this minor grand trine and with the sun and the moon in um, Sagittarius, also with Mercury and uh, Jupiter able to swap places, Jupiter's able to get over there and Sag next to the sun and moon, Dream big, dream big, see big, vision, and Mercury and Aquarius, very direct, straightforward communication, right? A lot of energy around those places, and also clarity. Clarity, the same way Florence said, now, you know, you're going to go up to Massachusetts. I'm in Brooklyn. We're going to commute a couple weekends. You know, it's not like seeing you for dinner every night. 
We're not going dancing on Friday nights. We're not hanging out with our friends. Ah, no, not doing it. So they got married and lived happily for years and years down here in Florida. She became Aunt Florence at that point. Um, and uh, Uncle Carl, of course, was always Uncle Carl. And it was a very uh, exciting, you know, union and a happy union and a really joyous union because she took a stand. And, of course, I think of Aunt Florence as being the epitome of Venus in Capricorn, just incredibly classic. She had hair down to her waist that she always wore in a French twist. She always looked amazingly elegant. Uh, and she was funny, 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 funny. She had a really dry sense of humor, a very witty woman. And Carl, of course, was a pip. He was just the greatest uh Greatest guy, just a really fun, fun, fun man. So um, you watch for that energy. Watch for that. And, of course, he, he was a Sag, and she was an Aquarius Capricorn mix. So kind of the sky reminds me of their story right now. Um, and what is, what is the value to you? What is it you really want to do? What's inviting you? What's calling you? When we look at the moons this week, we have that new moon that we just had yesterday, so there still is time to do your ritual, and I really would encourage you to do it. Somebody was a little worried about doing a ritual on an eclipse, and I'm like, you know, when the sun and the moon meet up on an eclipse, it's not like you can control it, right? You can't control it, but you can ask for it. You can invite it in. And a while back, I was asked to help pick a wedding day, and the couple were, you know, kind of leaning towards eclipse you know, getting married on an eclipse, and people were giving them a hard time, and they were talking to me about it, and I said, well, your relationship looks like an eclipse. You know, you've got a very eclipse kind of relationship. And they looked at each other and said, should we tell her? You tell her. Okay, so the woman said to me, well, um, I cast for him uh, on an eclipse. I did a little spell, and I said, gee, partner, universe i'd like to bring in a partner and i cast on the eclipse asking for him why asking for a partner and he looked at me and he goes and that particular eclipse was on my birthday (laughs) and i was looking at it going i wonder what an eclipse on my birthday means and basically you know (laughs) that's what it meant she cast for him on an eclipse cast a spell asking for him it did a ritual and he he arrived and there they lived happily ever after Uh, aside from having a relationship chart that looked a little like an eclipse. Um, So the energy is really potent, and it's really tied to your fate, because the moon, which is your emotional growth over your lifetime and your historical memories and even your past life sun, a lot of of astrologers, uh, Vedic astrologers, say your moon in this lifetime was your sun in the last, which is why it's historical and it's memory and it's, that's where you go. You go to the moon for comfort. And then, of course, the sun is your ego path in this life, what you're learning to do, what you're trying to become, where you're trying to go. And the nodes of fate are tied distinctly to your path. So when the nodes meet up with the sun and the moon, which happens twice a year on the eclipses, your, your path's aligned with your, your ego and your emotional path are aligned with your fate. So I find them very powerful, uh, not necessarily I have to have this or else, but more like, you know, my vision for my life looks like this. You know, what would that look like? And what would I like that to create? What's that energy? And then, of course, this eclipse happens to have that really juicy minor grand trine in it in earth and water, which is very much manifesting. It's not so much ideas. Ideas are air and fire things. But earth and water things create. So I encourage you, encourage you, encourage you 
to do take a couple take a little time you know this week down and go okay you know what is my vision you know what's my vision for the next 20 years what's my vision for the next two and a half years look at where 12 degrees Sagittarius is in your chart and that's where the new moon is taking place in my case it's my midheaven so I'm going to start teaching um, going on that, starting to travel again, going on that cruise in March. More information on that uh, in a newsletter this week. And the phone number is wrong. We're going to be correcting the phone number on the website. I'm having a lot of Neptune right now, although it was given to me incorrectly, I will say. Um, so the energy is shifting, shifting. And as we move into this new direction, you want to really think about, like, what is it you're trying to create? What do you want to use that minor grand trine in earth and water with an out-of-bounds Venus next to Pluto to create. And she meets up with Pluto on the 11th. So I would do your ritual anytime between now and the 11th when she meets Pluto. We also have Mars moving forward, and he is going to sextile Pluto on the 6th because um, he's part of the minor grand trine too. So he's going to activate Pluto then and kind of get him moving. Uh, and we also have Neptune moving forward now, so that's kind of full steam ahead. This week, two of the features are Mercury squaring Neptune, which takes place on December 7th, and the Sun squaring Neptune, which takes place on December 12th. So Mercury and the Sun both squaring Neptune and Pisces, they're going to activate the other leg of that minor grand trine. So they're going to say, hey, my vision is this. And then Neptune's going to go, what's your vision? <laughs> and then he's going to flow the energy towards the minor grand trine and, and send it water, send it nurturing. What, like when you, when you have a plant that's a little dry and you pour water on it and then it kind of perks up and it goes, oh, my God, I got water. That's so great. Thank you so much for the water. So the energy is very potent this week, and I just really encourage you to use it to your best advantage. So the aspects, the closing aspects are all pretty good except for the moon in, uh, the moon in Aquarius, which is December 7th through the 9th. But that's a moon in Aquarius square Mars in Scorpio. So it does trigger that Mars and get it moving, but it also does it from a slightly detached place. So sun this week goes from 13 Sag to 21 Sag, and it doesn't have a whole lot of aspects. It does have some health stuff on the 8th and 9th, you know, kind of becoming aware of health things. And it also has some clarity when it has a biquintile on the 9th to Uranus. So it's got a creative clarity. And then, of course, on the 12th, the sun squares Neptune. So that's um, sometimes that's an emotional, an overly emotional day, but it also has an element of sentimentality. But with both Mercury and the sun squaring Neptune, there can still be reveals. Remember, we're still in eclipse season for another two weeks. Mercury this week goes from 16 Sag to 29 Sag. So it is really flowing along, going pretty quickly. He has, as I mentioned, the square to Neptune on the 7th. He also has a little bit of an argument with Saturn on the 10th and an adjusting energy on the 10th from the Venus and the Pluto where he gets told, well, you know, there's, I know that's a great idea, but there's some limits to it. Take the limits, listen to them. You don't have to agree with them. Just hear them out and kind of note them. And then he has a sextile to Jupiter at the end of the week on the 11th, which the sun will have next week. But that's also Mercury sextiling Jupiter is kind of an expansive energy. Venus this week um, has, she's going through the um, Eris-Pluto square 
she is going to be squaring Eris on the 7th, and then she is going to be meeting up with Pluto on the 11th. And so those are, and that's, she's meeting with Pluto, she's going to meet with him three times over this next, until March 6th. This is the first one. When Venus meets up with Pluto, there's a deal struck. Remember, she's out of bounds, and she's going to want to change the deal when she goes retrograde. So, you know, you're setting it up with the recognition there is going to be some revision some little bit down the road between now and March 6th, and then she calms down and she goes, okay, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I got it. But just, you know, accept the offer, listen to it, think about it, you know, do it and Florence. You know, that sounds like a good offer, but it's not really working for me. Um, I appreciate you're making it, but I don't want it. And then when the, when the Venus is retrograde, they may get another offer. You know, there's another option. Mars this week is busy. He's running through the last degrees of Scorpio. He's running from 25 Scorpio to 29 Scorpio. Now, remember, Mars and Scorpio, this is one of his favorite signs. He gets a whole two months in the sign, and he gets a lot done. And if you think about the last two months, you've been getting a lot of stuff done, less one week, right? So his first up this week on the 6th, he has this sextile to Pluto. And, of course, that's the minor grand trine that I was talking about. But Mars and Pluto, when they get along, are very cooperative because uh, they work together. They kind of go, you know, they're like a little team. You, know, you imagine like hockey people, you know, skating down the ice, passing the puck back and forth. That's Mars sextile Pluto, working collaboratively, creatively towards a goal. Um, and then uh, Mars, Mars squares Jupiter on the 8th, which is the overdoing energy, uh, and that's okay. There's an energy of overdoing, but it's a good overdoing, but it still is overdoing. And it's excessive, which, of course, we don't always like, but in Mars squared Jupiter is excessive, so that's the 8th. And it can feel a little bit like, wow, that feels kind of big. That feels kind of big to me, and it should, because Mars is in the last degrees of Scorpio, um, heading, you know, squaring the Jupiter and kind of encouraging uh, a structural reevaluation of what's been going on. He'll meet up with Aquarius when we get to, you know, a few more signs and start a new cycle. But he's in the closing and harvesting phase. Remember, he was in Capricorn back in March of 2020 when we began the COVID journey. That does suggest, Mars square Jupiter, that the, the Omicron, I want to call it Omicron because a couple of people said it that way, the Omicron virus will be pretty decent sized, at least in terms of its transmissibility. Obviously, we'll find out about how deadly it is as time goes forward, but we are going to be watching for that with that Mars square Jupiter on the 8th. It does appear to be, um, from the news reports, spreading pretty quickly. We also have Uranus. Uh, in Taurus, answering to an out-of-bounds Venus uh, in a sextile to Athena. So the two of them are coming up with a plan, and that happens on the 7th. So that's kind of a forward motion energy in terms of the, uh, the direction and where we're headed. And then, of course, Neptune went direct last week. So we have him five days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, while Neptune is swirling in his direction and shifting, we're heading off into a new a new path, a new direction. The Venus uh, conjunction to Pluto also, Venus is at the same level of declination. That's of December 11th. December 11th is going to be the tough day this week, the DB day, the Donald Blanford day. The moons are a little hard that day, and the aspects are a little hard. So kind of watch for that uh, as kind of an intense day. 
and may or may not be difficult on the 8th with Mars square Jupiter. That's kind of a, I'm a little ambivalent about, is that going to be hard or not? But I kind of think it might be, but it's not going to be nearly as intense as next Saturday. So those are the aspects in the sky. And if we look at the moon uh, this week, the moon right now, today, uh, went into Capricorn <clears throat> uh, around 6.30 this morning. It's been in Capricorn all day, the 5th. It will go void tomorrow night late at 11.42 p.m. Monday night, late, late Eastern time. And um, that's the end when Hanukkah ends, last day of Hanukkah. And the, the moon that day is pretty, pretty even, Stephen, uh, in terms of its energy and its flow. The moon is void until 6.49 in the morning on the 7th, Tuesday morning, when it goes into Aquarius. And the, when the moon goes void uh, on the 6th, it is going void with a sextile to Mars. So Moon in Capricorn sextile Mars gets a lot accomplished, practical, reliable, dependable, action-oriented stuff that you've been doing on Sunday and Monday. Uh, Tuesday, of course, Moon's in Aquarius. Wednesday, the Moon's in Aquarius. goes void bright and early, 5 a.m. on the 9th, and it goes void Moon square, Moon Aquarius squares Mars and Scorpio. So uh, when, it's, um, when it's a Moon square Mars, it tends to be a little more contentious energy, a little more argumentative, a little more, now nah, I don't want to do that, or action-oriented. So there's a positive side to it, too. And then it's void in the morning until 9.53 a.m. on the 9th when it goes into Pisces. And the moon is in Pisces on the 9th and the 10th. And it goes void at 2.40 p.m. on the 11th, Saturday the 11th. And the moon goes void with a trine to Mars. Moon in Pisces, trine Mars in Scorpio. So... The Thursday, Friday, Saturday, good days for getting stuff accomplished. The moon is void for two hours and six minutes on Saturday afternoon, entering Aries at 4.46 p.m. on Saturday afternoon, early evening. And then on Sunday, it's in Taurus. And then it goes void on Monday the 13th in the evening at 9.52 p.m. And it goes void uh Moon in Aries goes void with a sextile to Jupiter, which is a positive forward motion, full steam ahead, let's get it done, let's rock and roll kind of energy. So we have nice moons this week. The day that does show is a little bit of difficulty, but more for the aspects is the 11th. But actually this week is not bad. <laughs> you know, like we've had some rough weeks. This is actually an easier flowing energy more productive, a little more abundant, a little more expansive. Um, and we are still in eclipse season, so there are sudden unexpected changes, but it's not going to be leave-taking, like Chris Cuomo getting fired. It's going to be more like, I'm leaving to go to this new thing. And I was talking to somebody last week, and they said, five people quit on Friday. And I was like, wow. <laughs> they all quit on the same day? And she was like, Yeah. I'm like, wow, you know, it, you know, it, it's that kind of energy. People are leaving. They're saying, hasta la vista, got to go do some new stuff. And so it is a swirling time of change, but it's also a time when we look forward. Remember, the sun's in Sagittarius, so it has a vision. Might not be articulating it the best yet. Might be articulating it in a way that you're kind of like, what are you doing? Trust the process. Pay attention to your gut on this one. That minor grand trine involves Neptune moving forward, and it says to us, 
hey, we're setting sail. You know, we're setting sail in a new direction. We're moving in a new way. We're doing new things. We're shifting our focus. So there's a lot of energy here around how do we do this? Where do we go? What do we do? And in that kind of question, sometimes there aren't answers. But there isn't a sense of the thing is done, over, finished, and you need to move on. The thing is, you know, that's an option, but I'm not going to move on to that. I want to move on to something else. So don't be afraid to say a clear no, like Florence did to Carl. <laughs> and also, be clear what you're looking for. That's the key. What are you looking for? Mercury is next to the sun and the moon, and he can swap places with Jupiter, and, of course, they're talking to each other. But Mercury in Aquarius is very clear. It says, well, no, you know, if you go live in Massachusetts, you know, and I stay in Brooklyn, we'll date, and then it'll taper off. And, you know, I'd rather have a, rather have a clean break, rather have a clean finish. So give yourself permission for a clean finish or give yourself permission for a clear vision of what you want to do next because that's what the heavens is asking of you. What is it you want to do next? We're creating your new life. What's on your agenda? What's on your floor plan? What are you packing in your boxes to take with you? And we go forward and we start again. We begin again. And on that note, I hope you have a great week of December 5th. Ann Ortley signing off, gazing over Boca Ciega Bay, where the lights are on and the planets are in the sky and I can see them from my deck. Have a lovely, lovely week. Bye-bye.